Hello, everybody. Welcome to Kicking It with the Locals. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Radcliffe, the Locals J on Twitter, Instagram, and the Discord. Um, we're excited tonight. Uh, here with me is our producer, John Cross. How's it going, John? Uh, doing very well. Thank you, Jason. Super excited about our show tonight. Yeah, this is, you know, something that you and I have talked about um, starting back in last year, kind of the direction that we might want to take the podcast. And um, and this is something that I'm, I'm excited to, to, to do, get to know other SGs, not just the way we do it, but how others do it as well. So um, I'm super excited to, to get going here tonight and um, meet our upcoming Loyals, upcoming opponent uh, in the Open Cup is going to be the Seattle Sounders, and that'll be, that's Wednesday, right? Or is it Wednesday, Tuesday? yeah. I keep forgetting, since I'm not going, it was Wednesday. So I'm um, excited to uh, get to know their SG, and um, so, some of them, now they're m- much bigger than ours. Obviously, we have a couple of SGs. Um, they have a couple as well, and we're getting to know Gorilla FC tonight, so I'm really excited for that. All right, so I think without any further ado, let's bring Cameron on so we can get to meet him. Hey, what's up? How's it going, everybody? It's going really well. Nice to meet you, Cameron. So we're here with Cameron. Cameron, it says here, president of Gorilla FC. Correct? Cameron That's Collins? That's right. That's right. That's one of my various titles. But for GFC, definitely that. I'm also president of the Alliance Council, which is the Sounders fan government, which is the overall fan experience, not just the members of the SG experience. Cool. Can so, you, since since we've jumped into that already, yeah, I was going to bring that up, but let's let's go with that a little bit because you have a unique situation in Seattle compared to most MLS teams, or frankly, compared to most teams in the U.S. at all. For those who don't know, can you explain the Alliance Council a little bit and how that that structure is really tied directly into? some of the operations that happen with the Seattle Sounders? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when Drew Carey uh, got brought onto the ownership team of the Sounders before we started, he really liked the idea of the fans having a direct voice in what the club does. And so uh, the Alliance Council was formed. The club handed down a charter that created the council. And um, anyone who's a season ticket member is a member of the Alliance And then if you get enough votes, which is 25, you can then go ahead and get on council and be a member. And then within those ranks, we elect leadership. So council works directly with the club on all sorts of matters. Um, Let's see if I can do it off the top of my head. We're all over the place (laughs) in what we do. But everything from in-game experience to uh, merchandising, you know, we, we are one uh, stakeholder with a, a very small voice in the jerseys that we create, but uh, you know whether it's uh, the Bruce Lee jersey that we have right now, the Jimi Hendrix jersey we had a few years ago, um, we we get to see those in advance, give input, give ideas, create mood boards, all sorts of stuff like that. So it, it's pretty cool, and have a regular uh, meeting with ownership uh, at least once a quarter. But we're we're dealing with the front office on a uh, I wouldn't say everyday basis, maybe weekly basis. So, uh, yeah, it, it creates a really interesting thing where um, we can sit there and uh, tell the club what the fans want and what the fans need and, and hold them uh, honest on those things. Now, supporter groups can do that as well. 
you know, through Gorilla, Gorilla FC, I have my own relationship with the club that's outside of that of Alliance Council. And so Alliance Council doesn't do anything in the realm of supporter groups and vice versa. So uh, definitely separate organizations with separate interests, but uh, I kind of have to put on both hats and uh, sometimes and step away from council in times where it might conflict, be a conflict of interest for me as a president of an SG. Right. So then tell us a little bit about Gorilla FC, you know, for someone who, especially for some of our supporters who now are getting more involved in USL since we've had the team for four years, but we have not had a men's professional team, right. For since the outdoor soccers, um, a, a real, I guess, um, one that the community was centered around. We've had a couple starts and stops in the lower divisions, but this is the first time we've had a consistent ownership group and a team where we're, we're getting fans and support. Um, tell us a little bit about Gorilla FC, kind of the Wikipedia entry, I guess. You know, what what is Gorilla FC, and maybe how does Gorilla FC differ from the other supporter groups that the Sounders have? Yeah. Um, first, I'll say shout out to the San Diego Soccers former team of uh, our coach, Brian Schmetzer, who played for the Soccers. But yeah, Gorilla FC was founded by Kevin Zelko. Uh, he was the founder and the president for the first, um, not quite decade, but close to it. And basically, it was a group of activists who wanted to make the world a better place, but who played on a soccer team together. And so when they came, when the Sounders came into MLS, they joined as a supporter group. Uh, they changed the name Gorilla from like Gorilla Fighter type spelling right. to what it is now, which is the animal spelling. And uh, it means that we have a little bit more of a, some people would say political, I would say human rights perspective on things. I mean, we, we claim uh, and hope to live up to the values of being anti-sexist, anti-racist, anti-homophobic. Um, we're super involved, uh, like when the league tried to, uh, if, if your listeners don't know, Major League Soccer tried to ban the Iron Front logo, uh, saying it was an Antifa logo. Uh, and we we went to bat, and not only uh, along with our friends at Timbers Army and at Independent Supporters Council, which, uh, shout out to them, I'm actually now the communications director over at the ISC. Um, we, uh, we got the league not only to rescind the ban, but also help us. Uh, or let us help them rewrite the fan code of conduct. So Gorilla FC, uh, we, we're in the stadium. We love it. But we're not about, you know, putting displays up mostly. We do it occasionally. But mostly we leave that to ECS, our friends who sit next to us. And uh, we really focus on building community through soccer and then using that power to good, do good in the community, whether that's been raising money for, you know, Haiti after there was a disaster there or, um you know, every summer we build two house, two tiny houses for the homeless that go to homeless encampments where uh, people then have a home to live in. And I know the last one we built, uh, I don't know how a family of four can fit in one of these little houses, but they, they had shelter and it helped them on their way to finding their feet and getting permanent housing. So right. um, we're grateful to have that that opportunity to serve our community and, and hope to con continue to do so. It's a little tough during COVID, uh, but now that we've I'll say, um, pulled out of uh, a lot of the restrictions that were around that. Um, I'm immunocompromised, so I, I really took a step back during that time. But uh, now we can hopefully, with caution, go forth in the world and do more good. Right. Good. 
Jason, do you have anything? Yeah, no, I love that. Um, it, it, interesting that, um, you know, there's so many different ways that these groups start, but that yours started through uh, activism and through off the field and then came together um, as opposed to, you know, maybe a group of pe- group of fans at the game saying, hey, let's let's do something. Uh, it, it kind of started from the outside. Uh, were you were you a part of that or when when did you come in? I was not really I wasn't a member until the third year. Uh, so that would have been what, 09, uh, 2011. And then really 2010 is when I started hanging out with Grill FC. My friend Sam Chesno uh, was a new cabin and was involved with GFC. And then we both came in and we actually formed a subgroup that was going to be focused on music charities and, and promoting uh, the, the music needs in our community. But um, we got so involved that we ended up just getting pulled up into the leadership of Grill FC and being able to do what we needed to do there. So I've been, I've been everything from media director and match day coordinator to vice president and president. And now I think I do all those things. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the way it works in, in the uh, SG, right? And there is that poll, you know, that I, I had the same thing. Um, I was not a day one guy, but I kind of came in and said, Hey, I want to, you know, I'm sitting in the stadium. I said, I want to do what those people are doing over there <laughs> um, yeah. and, and kind of got got sucked into it that way. And then, yeah, two years later, here I am, director of communications and still kind of holding on to events with that unfilled right now. So I, I feel you there. It's a lot. And I appreciate uh, all that you do. So uh, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll say that <laughs> right off the top. And it seems like you got a lot going on uh, with, with the ISC, too. So, um, yeah, thanks for for what they do uh, for our supporters culture, our supporters groups. And, um, and is there anything live right now that you've going, that you have going on? I know you, you were talking about um, talking about the, the charitable things you do, anything we could be aware of or point people to right now. Uh, nothing right at the moment. I would okay. say through ISC actually t- stay tuned. We're going to, uh, you know, I don't know how, we're already near the end of April, but uh, we're getting closer and uh, we're going to start doing a bunch of stuff, getting ready for uh, different clubs, pride raisers that they have going through on and, and, and want to be able to document and share that with everyone. So definitely uh, keep an eye out for that with ISC and, um, you know, Gorilla, I'm sure will be involved in lots of different things in Seattle around pride. We usually march in the pride parade with the Sounders. So um don't have anything planned right now. We're kind of still, I don't know. I don't know how it went down there, but we're still uh, coming out of COVID still needing to rebuild our volunteer base and kind of get stuff going. The one big thing that I think we're going to do this year, it will depend on some political stuff um, and how COVID's going in country. But uh, a couple years ago, we committed to building a soccer field in Rankeet, Haiti. And uh, it's they they uh, through a nonprofit called uh, 100 for Haiti, which uh, full disclosure, I am the the vice president of. So I was not involved in that vote. But uh, <laughs> Rank Heat had asked that their soccer field be refinished because it's the center of their town. And we agreed to raise the funds to do that. But um, because of covid and then their president was assassinated in Haiti and um, pretty tumultuous down there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a little wild. So we haven't been able to move forward with that but we're hoping to in some fashion or another pull that so so keep an eye out for that 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 will probably be launched uh in the next few months if we can get it done this year depending depending on the political situation 
Yeah, I love that. And and I love, like you said, um, yeah, somehow we're at the, at the end of April here and kind of the, the second Open Cup match is usually means we're about able to breathe again um, after after this first month month or so. Um, and we'll be turning our eyes toward Pride Razor 2. Um, generally, we do that with all as a uh, between all of our SGs, um, ourselves, the Chavos and Rainbow Loyals. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're turning our eyes toward that, too. And um, and something I wanted to uh, something else I want to touch on, I forgot about is that you said you want to you had started as a kind of a subgroup. And we've got a, a great one right now with the the SD Fiends who are um, misfits-based. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's of... <laughs> right up our alley. <laughs> yeah. We have a gorilla, um, and, old uh, Gorilla FC logo that is the Misfits logo. The Misfits, yeah. The, so the gorilla face. You'll well, see and them, one you'll... of those members is from the Seattle area. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so you'll see, you'll see them if you see the, uh, if you see the, the cutoff black vests. Everybody's kind of got their own sort of motorcycle cut on the back of whatever, however they want to be a fiend. Um, cool. so I love that. And, um, and yeah, so shout out to our, shout out to the fiends and all that they do. Shout um, out to you fiends. And maybe, and maybe we'll see, and maybe you will see them again. I know we've got a few folks heading over, um, this, I actually this... got a DM from one that I need to respond to because I don't know the answers to. So <laughs> there you go. I, th I assume there's going to be a little bit of that for these open cup games. You're over at, uh, I want to say Starfire. Starfire. Okay. I was going to say Starlight, which didn't feel right. Uh, Star Starfire. Yes, Starfire is a great place for for us to go to games to. It's where the Sounders practice, and originally they were going to completely remodel it and make it into the Sounders' home base, but they've ended up choosing a place that's only like a mile away, uh, although it's in a different town. There's it goes across the town line, and they're creating five fields and this whole thing, getting ready for the uh, World Cup. But Starfire, it's a small little stadium where you're like on top of the pitch. And so the atmosphere is great. Yeah, it looks for, and that's one of these open cup. The things that we love about the open cup, right? For now, last year, unfortunately, unfortunately, we were excited at first when uh, Galaxy played in their um, full stadium, whatever the heck it's called today. Um, and we thought, <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. And then showed up, and I and I'm not gonna say we outnumbered the LA <laughs> Galaxy fans, but it was pretty close <laughs> there was two full sections of loyal fans and then there was a sprinkling of of galaxy fans and we were really it's really loud when your voices are bouncing off an entire empty stadium that's meant to keep the sound in so yeah um you know it'll be a little little different i don't think you have uh the roof and everything there um but but it will certainly have that open cup feel out there at starfire no it'll it'll be great and you know if if anyone that is uh, part of the locals or any other SD loyal fan group because there, you know, come say hi. I'll be there. I'll be walking around. You can see me here. So uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, let's talk we, more about we you have while some... we're talking about you. Yeah. Is that all right, John? Well, I, I just want to say we, we do have some fans that are coming up, but I, I want to warn you also they're coming from Portland. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know, I have, I have lots of friends that are in the Timbers Army. So I'm, as long as we're not playing I just, each other. Fair warning. <laughs> Just, just don't mention our last game against the Timbers. Oh, that right. Was the, the most yeah, I think they're planning to do that, so maybe. We'll <laughs> hopefully, and hopefully, you don't shut us up this time. Hopefully, we we'll have more, more, more to talk about. But yeah, they'll be up there, and they'll be in there, and then their locals' colors. Um, but I do want to talk more about you because um, we want to ask. We just want to get to know you a little bit and your yeah. your soccer origin story. So we heard a little bit about how you got in, involved with 
um, Gorilla FC, but how, you know, did you play forever? Did you start as a yeah. fan of the, you know, did Landon Donovan make you a fan in the early 2000s? Tell us your story. Uh, my story involves San Diego, interestingly enough. Uh, but before that, I did play soccer. I played soccer until eighth grade. Um, uh, when I was probably in like fifth grade, they split all of the, the team up and put all the good kids on one team and all the terrible kids on the other team. And so we never won another game after that. Uh, <laughs> in fact, one time I had a breakaway on goal and I was about to score my own teammate stole the ball from me and scored instead because he also had never scored a goal. So that's that's right. about how my soccer right. career. The joys, of youth, the joys of youth soccer, youth sports, yeah. So uh, in the summer of 1994, you remember there was a big uh, event for soccer in the United States, the World well, Cup. Yeah, looks like maybe you're wearing that jersey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's actually a complete accident. I didn't think it, it, about this, uh, but um, I got sent to fat camp in uh, San Diego at USD. And so, uh, and it's funny because I wish I could go right now, like getting this, you know, great weather, getting right. to have people come and be like, okay, today we're going to play water polo. And then all your meals made for you. Uh -huh. 15, I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> It does uh, you know, sound perfect, right? Now, I could go now, for someone making me healthy meals right, for a day. Right, yeah. and, and then like taking me like, okay, we're going to go hike up this mountain. Okay, we're going to go jog around this track. We're going to play water polo. We're going to play baseball. Like it, uh, it should have been awesome, but um, I kept sneaking <laughs> off instead and watching soccer. Uh, it'd be like me and all the employees of the university sitting around watching World Cup games. So uh, I, I I loved soccer before that as a as a like playing, but that was really what took me from someone who just played it to being obsessed with watching games all the time. So uh, that was such a great experience. And then the next year, uh, I was working with a guy who grew up in London and got me into being a Chelsea supporter. And so I, be, I started watching every single Chelsea match since 1995. So it's funny when to me, when I meet people that are say Liverpool or other, other fan bases and they're like, Oh, I chose my team in 2012. Right, and I'm like, right. <laughs> I've had my team more than half my life. <laughs> That's good. I won't admit to being literally exactly that person down to the correct. <laughs> That's date, all right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was, I was a late bloomer and uh, came in Liverpool hadn't won anything and they were, you know, in my time watching, they were kind of reminded me of my Philadelphia teams that never really had gotten there. And so I started rooting for them and then immediately they became what they have been for the last 10 years or whatever. So I'm not going to take yeah. all the credit, but yeah, I definitely look <laughs> like a bandwagoner, but I got on when it wasn't super popular. It was no, just when Chelsea became or whatever. my first year of the Chelsea uh, fandom, they were 11th in the table. So kind of like this year. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we're ninth actually, but same difference. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, feels... so yeah, same. I, I, they were not great. They had not been brought out by a, a Russian oligarch yet when I was, a, when I started being a fan. Right. Right. So when you were kind of started following Chelsea, would you consider yourself maybe more like you are now a supporter or still just kind of a fan? Had, had you really bought all into the passion and the beautiful game and being a supporter at that point? Or would, at what point did you kind of cross that bridge from not just a player towards a fan, but from a fan to a supporter? I mean, more or less, I would say I'm a supporter. I watched every match that I could. I, I owned jerseys and had scarves and stuff like that, but I didn't have anyone other than my friend who was there. I moved away to college eventually and I was, I had no connection with another Chelsea supporter. And so it was just me. So 
there was no organized nature. So it really depends on you to find supporter. I was a super fan, we'll say. And and then it wasn't until probably the Sounders MLS team came that I, I became more of a moved into the supporter realm. You know, I, I had gone to the Sounders when they were in the USL uh, and the USL, U, USISL A-League. I think when I was in high school, right. they yeah, were USISL yeah, A-League. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a goalie jersey from 1998. Uh, that I that I kept. I, I got rid of so much stuff, and then I kept that somehow, and and I'm glad I did. So, uh, followed the Sounders in high school. Went to some matches when I moved back to Seattle. I, I went to college in the Bay Area, the the other Bay Area, the one up uh, in Northern California. Well, and between then, us, yeah. And then uh, moved back home to Seattle, and so I I caught some matches, but I wasn't. It's hard when you live in a major league sports city with a lot of teams and limited time. Um, I don't right. know how I, especially we've just added the Kraken NHL team and then we're going to have the Sonics back soon. So we, between the storm, the rain, the Sounders, the Seahawks, the Mariners, the Kraken, the Supersonics, there's, oh, the, we have a rugby, professional rugby team. Uh, we're about to get a professional cricket team. I'm probably missing another one. That's nine professional that's teams. A good, that's, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> well, that's, well. If you're you're bringing up the Sounders, uh, you know, looking through your Twitter profile, it's on there. You got Sonics Gate on there. We are in the middle of the NBA playoffs here, so tell me about how the Sonics affected you and where we are with that right now. Mm. In uh, they, so 2008, they left, and I remember when we knew it was going to happen. I was in I was in my bathroom i had the kjr which are local sports radio on and they said like oh the deal has been done to send them away basically they settled the lawsuit i remember just walking into my bedroom and sitting down and crying and my girlfriend at the time didn't understand why i was so upset um and i was like they're taking our team and uh my my sonics origin story is my mom in 1979 the year i was born the sonics won the championship my mom was pregnant with me and went to the parade in June 6th. And then I was born June 27th. I was supposed to be born in September. I came nine weeks early because I was so excited wow. that the Sonics won the championship. <laughs> and I was like, was... I, I need to get out here into this world full of champions. Of course, we didn't win another right. championship until 2000 when the Storm won their w, first WMA championship. So I had to wait a while. But uh, we know uh, how that feels. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was a huge Sonics fan. Um, you know, I was. Uh, I think 16 or 17 when they played Michael Jordan and the Bulls in the finals. Mm -hmm. um, and so it hurt, it hurt to have them gone. And uh, through the hip hop scene, I actually got connected with Adam, who's one of the producers, Adam Brown, one of the producers of Sonic Skate. And that's kind of how I came into it. And I was their lawyer, but I was so involved with the process. I became a, one of the uh, associate producers on the project as well. And that actually started my film career, which I now is 90% of what I do is film stuff, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, Sonics um, left us and the hope is they will be back. We were thinking it was going to be 2024 originally. Now I'm thinking 2026. They have to build a stadium in Vegas and then get everything in line here. Um, I currently work for the Seattle Superhawks, which is a minor league basketball team in the TBL. And TBL is, it's like there's the NBA, there's the G League, and then TBL is right below that. It's the basketball league, right? Yeah. So yeah. We're, yeah. we are currently 11-1, and one, I think, in first place in the West. And uh, first, first Seattle 
pro basketball team that's been here for a while for men. Um, and we're hoping to bring men's uh, championship basketball back back to Seattle. Of course, we have the Storm who win championships all the time and are awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, um, and, and a great history, too, in Seattle of uh, women's sports, right? Yes, absolutely. And so, we, I mean, I think we had he, the whole lower bowl for the rain opener the other day filled mm-hmm. at uh, Lumen Field where both the Sounders and the Seahawks play and um, really try to support our team. Sadly, for a little while, the rain moved to Tacoma, but we, we have them back in Seattle now. Right, back where they belong. Yeah, which is good. Glad they got that worked out. Um, great. So, um, we'll switch. So, if for those of you who were um, who hadn't heard of Sonicskate, check out that project. Um, Sonicskate.org. You can see uh, the full length version. The, it's a two hour film uh, that we well originally it was three hours, so we cut to two, and then we recut it when CNBC licensed it down to an hour, well forty four minutes, I think, so it would fit in that hour time slot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can see it in um, ESPN Classics. I think currently owns the rights to it. But it's a it's a fun film. I've seen it too many times. I will stick around for the first part, which is the Sonics history, and then I will leave because I do not want to watch anything about them being taken away. Right. We um, we we have uh, obviously some some sore hearts still from that from losing our C words as they moved up north. Yeah, and uh, and and left us with with nothing, and kind of caused a split and a divide. Um, so, but triumphantly, you're you've got the Sonics back. Hopefully, Hopefully. I mean nothing's finished. We're not, we're not signed. We're not signed. But but but, but, but it's looking it's looking that way, especially with how successful the Kraken have been, and we have an arena built. And um, there you go. It's it's looking good. So I, I think within three years, yeah, we'll have them back. So hopefully we'll we'll see a follow up to that that will be as triumphant as uh, Save the Crew was. Um, <laughs> I forget <laughs> the name of that documentary, John. But um, yeah, let's see. Uh, can we bring the Clippers back to San Diego too? <laughs> Do that make you know, sense? we take the we take the Clippers, and you know, it's. it's um, I don't want to speak for all of San Diego because I am a transplant, like ninety five percent of us are. So I, I'll, I'll let John do the talking. Um, <laughs> I know John. John's been more soccer focused his entire life in San Diego, um, and uh, I don't know that he even watched American football before. Uh, the, oh, I did. Those okay. Those other guys took off and, and broke everybody's hearts. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's. Um, supporting you know we're focused on supporting local soccer here and it's just kind of supporting the people who want to be here right the teams who want to be here the teams who are involved in the community um and not just in it to make a buck so um for now that is the loyal and that's why we've poured so much time and energy into this club um because that's you know they recognize our our localness and and they listen uh which is a nice thing that you can have it at the usl level um so for us um that's part of what it means to be a local is to find somebody who you know shares your values and things like that so yeah question question real quick about mm-hmm. the loyal because i just learned this because you know i i've followed the i've i've I won't say a fall on a game to game basis, but with Landon having been involved and yeah. followed it, I did not realize that DeAndre Yedlin is part owner yeah. of the team, former yeah. Seattle Supersonic. Yeah. I mean, Seattle. I, I was going to ask you about Sounders, that a little later because that's an there. interesting connection. He, we he's a have Seattle guy. Together. <laughs> yeah, he went to O'Day High School, right, right, not very far from me where I am now, and uh, 
Wow. That's, I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah. So he is now he's not involved, involved. He's more of a investor, but you know, he's somebody that we in times like this probably say yes. And every December say, Hey, is he uh, down to USL level yet? Is he coming through? Does he need (laughs) to want to retire to San Diego or, uh, so we'll see. He's, I think he's doing well in Miami yeah, right now. Maybe someday, you know, it's here for him. Um, but yes, DeAndre Yedlin is our, is a um, is maybe this is the DeAndre Yedlin, the the Lamar Hunt DeAndre Yedlin Open Cup cup. Yeah, uh, for us. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, DeAndre, I know you're you're watching. I uh, yeah. just wanted to say how much we <laughs> shout that, out so. shout out to you, DeAndre. <laughs> as, as an owner of the team, I'm sure you're watching our podcast. Um, but um, but switching gears to um, to being in Seattle and from Seattle, give us a um, what we like to do. What is your local? So what makes you feel local in Seattle? What's the thing? Maybe if we're coming to visit um, that we need to do or experience. Those might be two separate questions, which for me they are when people ask about San Diego because my local isn't necessarily something that you want or need to see when you come to San Diego. But let's say for you, what's your local, your, your spot, whether it's drinks or food or whatever, what's, what do you, who do you want to give a shout out to? Yeah. I mean, traditionally uh, there would be some answers. It's a hard question. Seattle, much like many West coast cities is a city in transition as tech companies have moved in and our favorite uh, locations have been pushed out. So uh, we've seen so much clothes. I also am a little different than I think than your average listener probably and that I'm vegan. And so my restaurant choices might not be the same. I think the big one and I know who would win is uh, I don't know if you have these in San Diego, but I would assume so. But in and out, do you, you have mm-hmm. those down there? Sure. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. So Dick's Drive-In in Seattle is the big burger joint. Uh, I don't know. There's a, a Macklemore video where he performed uh, up on top of it. I've heard of this. Sure. Yeah. yeah, so so that's that's probably the burger joint to check out. Um, I I don't eat meat, so I I have eaten meat from both, and I obviously prefer Dicks, but I had Dicks first, so I, I can't really <laughs> comment on the sure. battle. But sure, uh, but but yeah, I mean, I think Dicks drive in for sure. There's several locations around Seattle. That's that's the Seattle burger joint. That's uh, the in, that's the Instagram shot. Yep. But go yep. go. It doesn't matter. If you're vegan. Tell us where is your where's your vegan spot, or what is your you know if you're falafel or whatever what what, what you got i mean bang bang kitchen in uh the othello neighborhood is pretty amazing it's not a vegan restaurant it's it's actually a uh the the two women sisters who own it are from new mexico so it's all new mexico food and a lot of green chilies so definitely recommend that spot it's got something for everyone uh whether you're vegan or not um drinking wise you know we uh we mostly spend our time at uh, Pioneer Square, down in Pioneer Square, which is by the stadium. And this is where you'll find me pregame, uh, generally not uh, for a Sounders match, not when we're in Tukwila because it's not by the stadium. Right, but sure. <laughs> uh, Flat Stick Pub, which is a uh, mini golf bar. Uh, so they have a whole mini golf setup. But then also they, all the, they don't serve alcohol. I mean, I drank hard liquor generally. So they only serve beer. And okay. so it, it's all Washington State beers. Okay. So it's it's pretty cool. You can come and taste everything that uh, Washington State has to offer. I mean, I think we, along with California and Colorado and Oregon, are the big craft beer uh, yeah. states. So yeah. well, you, you, well, That's probably more what people would fight you over here for if they're San Diegan over, instead of over soccer. <laughs> yeah. They would fight you over the craft it's beer. His beer. The beer scene. <laughs> 
uh, you know, it's tapered a little bit since it, you know, blew up during hipsterdom in the uh, 2010s or whatever. But now every everybody's got a foothold now, and they're making really good stuff. It's not just um, you know a million different little ones. There's there's some some people you know we work with um, a couple different ones, especially Second Chance. We have a growler that we give to our man of the match every awesome. every game, and uh, and so Second Chance Group fills that up for us, and and we like what they do. They have seize a pint save a pup so they're big into um helping to adopt um through their through the uh shelters um so yeah so so definitely definitely the beer and and making a difference which is cool that that yeah. can come together and not be just in bev right which is kind of yeah, nice absolutely that, that, that you have a spot like that so is that and do you guys march from there is that right? So you meet there and then march in, or what, what is your march? You know, like? we are kind of lazy with the march. Um, okay. It's ECS, you know, the the major. I'd say major because they're the biggest Sounders yeah. supporter group. They're, they do all the NCA and stuff. That's that's their march. We take part in it. Okay. We kind of do a lazy march. Um, oh, and before I forget, I need to mention Rubens, who's our partner brewery. Okay. Uh, they're located out in Ballard in Seattle, and definitely check them out. Uh, we have uh, Gorilla Juice. Is each year they produce a short run of trying to see if i have an old can near me i usually nice. do but not today uh they produce a short run of uh a hazy ipa that's sometimes an imperial ipa um ipas aren't my thing so i don't know if they're good or not i taste it and it doesn't taste like i'm there IPA. i'm there with you too i'm there with you too i'll <laughs> shout wanna... out i'll shout out second chance beer and have not had a drop because yeah that's not my i'm with you uh, i'm i'm with you I'm, I'm a hard alcohol man so yeah we're, we're, we're the wrong people for this fight but yeah san diego all the way I'll, I'll do a I'll do a stout or a porter if I have to do something or a sour, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's 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 interesting. So, but yeah, shout out to Rubens. Definitely check them out. You can get you can get Rubens at uh, Flatstick, the the bar I mentioned, and um, every dollar uh, a, a dollar of every beer sold at uh, Ruben or of Rubens at Flatstick goes to our program to build tiny houses for the homeless. Awesome, awesome. That's, That's great. Awesome. Great to know. So for those of you headed up to Seattle, if you get away from the airport, yeah. uh, if you make it into Seattle proper. Um, One more thing, though. Teriyaki. Yeah. I don't you might have teriyaki down there. I don't think people outside Seattle don't understand what teriyaki is. Okay. Um, you know, it's basically it's they took a, a Hawaiian sauce and mixed it with Japanese pub food. Uh, but uh, and there's teriyaki around the country, but it was invented by a woman here in Seattle. Uh who who is a Japanese woman. And so when you go other places, they have teriyaki and it, it's not the same as what you can get here. So I, I definitely recommend checking out one of the million teriyaki places in Seattle. There you go. So they, so for those of you, once you get away from um, the, the fish market and the touristy stuff, make sure you hit up. The yeah. Teriyaki. Go, go see that stuff, but that's not, yeah, that's not that's all. Right, that's part, that's part of, of it too. Scattered. Do it all. Yeah. But, go, but, go up in the space needle. They now, if you go down to the second level, they have panes of glass where you can see all the way to the bottom. And sure. so you can, the first time I was up there with them, I stood on them slowly. Last time I did, but I was still scared. So, <laughs> so there you go. So obviously the tourist stuff is the tourist stuff for a reason. You got to see it. You got to do it. But we appreciate you shouting out your locals. I'm sure that they yeah. appreciate you shouting them out too. And uh, yeah. it's good to know because, you know, if you've been there a time or two, or if you're not the, the um, you know, if you don't want to go see the, um, what is that? Gray's Anatomy House. You want to do something a little more, a little less touristy. Um, there you go. Um, so we appreciate that. And yeah, go, to, um, go to Bruce Lee's grave while you're at it. That's always a cool thing up in North Capitol Hill. 
that, that can, sounds, can that we do like one more one more food thing because okay yeah. we had one of our members in the chat here asked about the best tacos in seattle because we do love to brag down here in san diego <laughs> about our tacos so everybody always wants to know where is a good taco place mexican nope shaking your head san diego in san diego that's, uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's honesty I lived up here for five. I mean, I lived in San Jose for five years and the worst taqueria in San Jose is better than the best we can get up here. No, if you find a food truck, uh, it's that's that's an authentic food truck. It's probably going to be pretty good. You know, we have cheap, mediocre uh, Mexican food that'll get you by if you're drunk, uh, you know, but there's there's just there's nothing. We it's Burien south of Seattle out by the airport. There's some some decent stuff, but as a whole, it's just not the same. It's that's you, fine. Yeah, I, that's I wish we I wish this, I had is this is someone in the chat. Yeah, just go for teriyaki. Go for barbecue. We got some great barbecue spots. Yeah. Um, skip skip the Mexican food. There you go. It was just showing, just asserting our dominance over there over the talk, the taco uh, situation. So um, let's skip it. If you ever come to San Diego, we also have not not tacos, which are not not tacos, but barely tacos. So that's our that's a fun thing you can do if you come down here. Otherwise, every taco shop that you see is worth stopping in. But if you're in Seattle, hit up the teriyaki. Yep. Wait till you're back in San Diego for the Mexican. Yep, it's better coming back home to that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, John, you have any questions? Want to steer us in a new uh, direction? Just... Where are we going? As as we're kind of you know winding down here, um, since we do have the match coming up and it is at Starfire and we do have some people coming out there, besides it being a good venue to see a game, is is there anything people should know about going there their first time to Starfire to help them to avoid? Uh, yeah. any, any tips or tricks? I mean, there's beer gardens there, so you're going to be able to get your beer inside. Uh, there's not. There's usually one food truck and a concession stand and then there's a pizza place assuming it's open upstairs outside the venue so you can get pizza and beer outside you can get something inside and then the concession stand has you know popcorn and hot dogs and whatever it's very small like minor league uh, baseball concession stand type place right. or minor league basketball it's like the one we use when for the team i work for so if you're hungry uh, and don't want to wait in lines i recommend eating before you get there but otherwise, there there could be some food for you um, if you have food restrictions like I do. Um, I, I eat French fries generally when I go there uh, if I haven't eaten beforehand. There's parking there. So on site, they charge you, I want to say like $5. So you be sure to, uh, I think they take cards now, but be sure to be ready for that because you're not going to want to. Uh, it's it's like this kind of campus on Green River okay. in the middle of nowhere. So you, you can park and walk in, but you'd have to know where to park. So the easiest thing is just pay the five bucks and park there. Um, you can bring in uh, flags and, and two poles and stuff like that. Um, I've never had any, any issues. size, I size haven't, requirements. I haven't heard anything about that, but what I okay. will do is I'll, I'll contact the club tomorrow and circle back with you that you can share it in the description of the show. Okay. Because, uh, you know, maybe there's different rules for traveling, but I don't think so. I mean, we, we have Timbers fans there all the time. And um, generally, we don't, Curl FC doesn't sit that far away from the, the opposing fans. It can get a little messy, though. We had a little thing called the Red Card Wedding one time in the U.S. <laughs> Open Cup where Clint Dempsey ripped up the... Yes. Uh, <laughs> famous, one of the, the most famous, 
One of the most famous moments of Open Cup. Yeah, it's one of only two U.S. Open Cup matches at home that the Sounders played in that I did not attend because I was up in Canada at the uh, Women's World Cup. Yikes. That's, that's a tough one to miss. So when you're there, um, uh, to just talk quick tactics, um, you think you will see a, the full team? Because, you know, historically we think that um, – that Sounders have taken the Open Cup pretty seriously, especially compared to some other uh, MLS teams who just kind of bow out in the first round sometimes. Um, you think you'll see a, a, pr a pretty strong squad this week? Uh, you know, for those of us who don't pay attention to what your squad looked like on Saturday night, um, what, what do you think there? My guess is it would be uh, a little more bench players. You know, we it, we have definitely taken it seriously in the past. Um, uh, and we're not into the deep rounds yet, obviously. Yeah. But, but, and, but maybe more serious than others. Yeah. I mean, Raul Rui Diaz is out four to five weeks injured. Um, Jordan Morris is just coming back from uh, U.S. camp, and he played uh, a short number of minutes in this most recent game, but luckily came on to – kind of force and we were able to get a goal against Minnesota and win, help force the offense forward a little bit. Uh, you could see someone like a bear who has scored a bunch of goals for the Sounders at the beginning of the season start. And um, I, I think that's likely uh, Leo Chu, who has become awesome for the Sounders of late. Um, but we, you know, Chris, Christian Roldan, who's our starting uh, right midfielder, my, he's, he's had a concussion. So I could see him starting if he's back just to get some minutes, but also if he's not out of concussion protocol, he won't. And then uh, I think our defense will be largely uh, similar to what we would start. So, um, you know, we've only allowed eight, eight goals in nine games, I want to say, and four of them were against Portland. So sure. Uh, sure. We're, we're, we're hard to score on uh, <laughs> unless we fall apart against our rivals in the most embarrassing game in history. <laughs> right. And, um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think I we have some really young, great young players, homegrown players that have come up. And there was a game two years ago against Austin where we had to start six of them, and, and so and we won. So I think you'll you'll get to see some super young talent from the Sounders come up, whether it's Ethan Double Air or uh, they've, they've been playing down at Tacoma Defiance and then on the bench for the Sounders. Okay, uh, Ethan Double Air, um, you know Obed Vargas, who does start for us sometimes, who's seventeen now, is center defensive mid. And then um, we have like three young center defensive mids that can come up. And uh, Dylan Tevez, who's I think 22, uh, out of University of Washington. So you could, you could still see a mix of, I think, a few of our starters, but mainly it's going to be those uh, younger players who need the minutes and some backups with our good players, starting players on the bench, in case we need to worry about getting beat. <laughs> Well, in 2021, uh, Tacoma Defiance was three and one against San Diego Loyal. So mm. um, you may feel pretty good uh, heading in there with with those <laughs> Defiance players because, um, yeah, for some reason, Since, if I yeah. remember correctly, they were bad, but they beat us every single time. Yeah, maybe and not, we... maybe not. I don't, I don't remember, but I feel like those two teams always struggled, except for some reason. Defiance had our, you know, we owned uh, LA Galaxy. They, they had our number. And Defiance, yeah. The, yeah they, By then, they it's because us. the Defiance, all we did was play our young players because they say you need to get a player 10,000 minutes to make, get all the errors out of his system and really learn the position. And so they wanted those minutes in as much as possible before they could come before up to they the got first there. game. Sure. 
Sure. And that's why I think MLS, MLS Next, where Defiance is now, has kind of worked out because we can play young players. I think there's only some of the backups on the Sounders are now those players that you played mm -hmm. against. Yeah. But largely, Defiance is a whole new team. I think there's only yeah. four players that are left. Yeah, that, in was, those days. that was frustrating for us at that time because that was it was they looked like children. Every single one of them. They were. They were. <laughs> they were 15, them, 16. Like, them. They're, they're children. Just just win. And they yeah. had a red card and beat us two to one. Like, come on. Yeah. So, so no yeah. loss there. Um, if, if any of those kids take the field and uh, now in, in their new roles and they see some of our day one uh, guys that are still here to see some flashbacks or maybe we have a little bit of we, we want to get back at them a little bit and have a little something to prove. So hopefully uh, we'll see what our team looks like. Um, they did take our entire starting front line out at the 60th minute um this past saturday so um so I, i'm assuming you're going to get the full loyal experience that it, at least is the saber rattling that's coming from coach nate is that <laughs> um and we did last year too um we went up and when we played la galaxy played our first team and didn't make a single sub like there were some people that were out but we stuck with the horses um kind of that whole that whole game so we'll see i'm sure that seattle won't be taking us lightly but you're gonna you're gonna get to see the the full loyal team if that's what yeah. anyone's interested in. You will. See Unfortunately, what, see what about. <laughs> you might be facing still some of the wrath of the embarrassment from what happened at Portland, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, yeah. I, I will maybe say, say that say that for an MLS opponent. Yeah, maybe, sure. No, All right, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be warm by Seattle standards in April. Uh, you know, at, at kickoff, it's gonna be 62 degrees. Uh, that's probably cold for y'all. So well, that normally is, that is except jacket for, weather, <laughs> except for this, except for this winter that we had, that was like a real winter that was we barely saw sixty two half the time. Yeah. So wild, here, yeah, so, yeah. It, jacket weather. It's not supposed to rain. It'll be humid because Seattle is a humid city. But I don't think we're not as humid as San Diego though. So um, we should we should be okay in 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 that regards. But yeah, um, it, it'll the, the temperature will drop fast once the sun goes down, which is around eight. So the last hour of the match might be kind of cold. So we'll bring, bring bring some warm yeah. a warm jacket or you there know you for me I would do hoodie plus a jacket over the top and be fine. For those of you that are used to uh, Torero Stadium and we have the same thing and we have the marine marine layer that comes in mm -hmm. as soon as that sun goes down. So yeah, we know how that that drop happens. So we have the marine right layer in the morning. Place. So if they're here early, like in the early in the morning, the marine layers here Let until like noon and then burns off. So ex expect yeah. to be cold in the morning as well. I think it's yes. in the forties in the morning. There you go. So plan accordingly, those of you going up. <laughs> um, well, we we appreciate you joining us. Any advice? Uh, we are, um, you know, hoping. Um, to uh to have a good showing against you john any other questions that you wanted to uh have before we let uh, go well the last thing is just I i'm not sure how well you can answer this because uh you might have heard but of course it's a bit of the buzz for us the the consistent well i would say consistent for 30 year rumors that san diego is gonna you know have an mls team but from a supporter group standpoint if something were to happen and we do get elevated to MLS, different ownership group comes in, whatever. Any suggestions for supporter group? Did you guys, I know you came on a little bit later, but um, like how that changes and that jump, that's one of the things we're yeah. looking at supporter groups that if, if that were to happen, 
how or have you noticed or do you have anything how the dynamic changes because usl we have a pretty decent supporter group we're more than 300 people but you know it's it's a different environment it's more casual you have this great connection with players but we probably miss out being in the usl a lot of the casual fans that would probably all this doesn't start showing up right if it was major league soccer yeah i think that's absolutely true i mean we get um 30 to forty thousand people a game and you know maybe five thousand or supporter group members so it's it's the and the rest of the people don't always know what supporter groups are, what they do, you know, they're just right. there to watch the game. Uh, I think the biggest change would depend on ownership, right? Like in Seattle, we're pretty lucky. Uh, our ownership listens a lot. And if something's wrong, we'll talk to them. We just had a big thing over um, our new sponsor and uh, right. yes, uh, Providence and kind of um, around whether that would hurt some of the most, uh, they are a hospital organization that hurts some of the more vulnerable members of our fan base. And so um, we had to hold their feet to the fire a little bit and they, you know, they've stepped up and are trying to do the right thing. And, you know, obviously they're not giving back that 10 year, $70 million deal. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Uh, but uh, you know, we're making them uh, walk the walk to the talk that they, they have throughout the season uh, seasons about uh, what they stand for. So uh, we're, we're in a lucky situation versus a place like Chicago where they have done their best to set up, shut out supporter groups and really focus on bringing in um, like the tech bro or the bridge and tunnel crowd and getting them to buy season tickets. And so they're going away from the more grassroots uh, version of fandom to a manufactured fandom. So uh, it all depends on who you get and, and you, you will, it'll be an uphill battle because you'll be fighting against an organization worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but uh, hopefully ownership gets it right. And you can be there from the beginning and it can help you grow to do even bigger and better things with the ability to reach more San Diegans. Is that what you call them? Yeah. Yep. San Diegans. <laughs> reach more San Diego. Yep. It's Seattleite. So when it, what it was San, San Diegoites. I don't San know. Diego. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, but Ultimately, it's important to stay true to your to yourselves, stay true to your values and find how you can live your values through the new team. Um, I know when the Sounders were in the MLS Cup in 2017, uh, we went 2016, 2017, 2019, 2020. We're two and two. Um, in 2017, uh, a bank came to us and said uh, MLS. Well, MLS came to us with the bank. And they said, hey, we want to do a little feature on you all building tiny houses. This bank is going to sponsor it, National Bank, everyone's heard of, and uh, Wells Fargo. <laughs> and <laughs> they'll give you enough money to build a second tiny home instead of just one. Because we originally just said one. And we said, we're not into corporate sponsorship, but in this instance, this is huge for us because we can impact more lives in a positive way. And so we did it. And when it aired, we got people tweeting at us, hate being like, you sold out. You did. And it's like, right. We took their money to do something good. We didn't have to change our values. We didn't have to change anything we'd done. So I would say that as money and opportunities come your way in that instance, just be sure that you stay true to those values and 
also there's always going to be haters <laughs> right yeah those we've seen those we've seen yeah. through oh, yeah. they're everywhere <laughs> no fault of our own and some fault of our own and yep. some yep. things that have been you know figuring it all out so the other thing i'll say is as best you can and i think there's been a little um at times uh your supporter groups have butted heads because of some on the field incidents and this is what i've heard um but uh as best you can try to keep open communication with other supporter groups and um you may not agree on how or why you're going to support and which ways you're going to support but respect each other and um you know allow room for them to do what they're going to do while you do what you do yeah we had that we're so we're um you know close close with our with our Chavo's friends and um but you know last year was a little bit of a tough time for us there was there was things going on that we all had different i mean each individual person had a different response you know to what should be done and what needed to be done and what we this and that and then you know between everybody's kind of trying to pull the same way but everyone has their own convictions and um and and that you know is something that is still in our minds as far as you're saying fighting the fight and know when to push when it know when to hold the feet to the fire yeah. of the organization and uh and be ready for that so yeah something that, that we maybe weren't as prepared for because we were living in a in a in a happy rainbow land and yeah. uh then one day it got real cloudy <laughs> and uh, yeah. we did well, not have welcome our to Seattle. <laughs> yeah we weren't People quite... think it rains here no it's just cloudy all the time we yeah. have plenty of places get more than rain than us but we have 200 days a year of clouds so uh yes. you you can come experience you will experience our lifestyle metaphorically there you go and now the sun is out <laughs> here for some reason it seems that we've left winter behind so for those yeah. of you who miss it remember wednesday uh you can head up to seattle watch some soccer get some clouds in and uh and, <laughs> and it and should be like screaming again right i think only two of the games i've heard the, the yeah, I, think, games yeah not, a, I guess it's a big one so yeah we got yeah the, i think this one is streaming on, ref on YouTube. bleacher report yeah, good because so we will be watching. We will, but for those of you listening, there is a watch party at Fair Play um, that is loyal and locals uh, approved. So awesome. we'll, we'll see you out at Fair Play, and uh, we'll all get together. For those of us who aren't going to Seattle, we'll see you at at our local one of our local spots. Fair Play is kind of filled a void of a bigger uh, soccer specific venue or soccer forward venue i guess not specific they'll still throw the padres on but um you know they've always got loyal and wave games on they're working with us as sgs too so shout out to adam and everybody at that group um we appreciate that and we'll see you wednesday we'll see uh we'll see you wednesday i don't think we have any more chat questions or comments here that we need to jump into so um i appreciate you coming on cameron yeah of course and, uh, Happy to be here. If anyone wants to keep in touch with me or in any way, um, you know, f- find out more information about the game coming up here on Wednesday, my Twitter and Instagram are both at legal minded punk, all one word. And you can tweet or uh, you can also email me at Cameron at C-A-M-E-R-O-N, as it says on the screen, at GorillaFC.com. And uh, I will do my best to get you whatever information you need. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on and telling us a little bit more about you guys. Somebody, you know, something that I'm just myself getting used to all of the different SCs or SGs. I'm sure you know a lot through ISC, 
but um, it, it's great to meet you and thanks for coming on. And hopefully uh, you see some people up there wearing local scarves and can say what's up. Yep. If you see me, say hi and I'll do the same. Thanks for having me on. It was, it was, it was a blast. All right. I appreciate it. Be well, right. be good. And, um, and we'll see you up there. All right. Bye. Bye.